FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 297 of the podcast that goes snicked. Yeah, still haven't got my birthday present. Or our fifth year anniversary shows are now just past our sixth year. <laughs> we're officially a year away, so we're not going to talk about that. But we are going to talk about some comics, and we're your hosts, Jason and Denise Venable. What's up? Hey, how's everybody doing? Well, you know, I'm really pregnant. <laughs> yeah, so here's what's probably going to happen. We're going to keep talking about doing the movie episode. You have the baby, you're going to get an episode with just me. <laughs> While I'm feeding the baby. <laughs> yes, right. It'll be done at two in the morning. Right, yeah. <laughs> And you'll say to yourselves, as the listeners, if it was going to be just him, why didn't he just do it a year ago? <laughs> and you'll have a very valid question for which I will have not a good answer. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to do it over the holiday weekend. Try. But she's already side-eyeing me, so. <laughs> <laughs> no. See, let's just be honest. She just doesn't really want to watch. The movie no, again. that's not true. <laughs> I do, but the idea of sitting. Uh huh. Well, let's put it in perspective. As so the other night, I am. the other night uh, we watched. We were gonna watch a movie, and I put in. Um, what did the, you put The in? Kingsman, the first one. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> and I'd never seen it, and I, you know, heard kind of. I don't know, meh things about it, <laughs> but I thought something actually looked cool, and I figured there's enough times since it came out that I can just kind of give it a, an honest, laid-back view while I'm getting ready for bed and getting getting into bed and kind of have it on, and, and I enjoyed it. It was fine. Fine movie. Um, Denise is going to watch it with me, and I think she saw about 20 minutes. I saw the first 30 and the last five. There you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's why it's so hard to do a movie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I'm also almost 37 weeks pregnant. Yes. Yep. And I'm in that, like, I get up and walk across the house and uh, I got to take a nap. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, here's what, here's what I'm also going to say. It's hard work growing a baby. It is. <laughs> it is. And I'm very thankful and grateful. Thank for you, all the, honey. For all the effort you put into. To sleeping. Making sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that exactly <laughs> anyway let's just call it what it is right <laughs> well, let's, let's also call this Th- episode 300 will not be a movie episode it's gonna okay. be something we can actually do and we'll okay. we'll jump back on the movies later okay um in fact i think you know it's gonna time out just perfectly where 300 will be the 300 first is gonna be live at our baby's birth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've always wanted to be in the delivery room, right, listener? Right. Well, now you get the chance. No, we'll probably do it. It should coincide with the uh, the first issue of Return of Wolverine. Oh, okay. So we'll kick off Logan's official returns. We've had like a couple of months of unofficial returning. <laughs> we should also do like 
What's our favorite uh, yeah, I'm Loganism? Gonna, I'm going to ask you some questions. Because you've had a little bit of time under your belt uh, doing some of these comics and stuff. And so I want to at least get, get to a, like, uh, a retrospective. Is that the right word? Do I get a prequel of the questions so I at least no. can think about them? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Can I have at least one or two beforehand? Well, well give, I'll, I'll do just what I do with the comics. I'll give them to you a couple weeks ahead of time. And then 10 minutes before we record, you can look at them. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> Shh, you're giving away all of my trade secrets. <laughs> yes. Well, anyway, this episode, we are going to conclude the Hunt for Wolverine miniseries. We have four number fours. I do. I, I want to, like, defend myself here for a second. Oh, okay. You know, you do give me a stack. And, and by a stack, sometimes that can range between one or two up to five or six sometimes. Yeah, depending on what we're doing. Yeah. Right. Except I know sometimes what's in that stack. And some of those things make me go, (laughs) 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 and that's why it gets pushed off to the last minute. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I can't blame you at all for this episode. Um, (laughs) Well, I have some stuff to talk about, but uh, yeah, we're definitely going to get into what happens in these last last four issues, and then um, then we'll convene next time for the dead ends story. which apparently all of these actually end in that. So none of these really ended <laughs> in, on on these last issues, which is always fun. There, there should be no outlet ahead. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Let you know there's a cul-de-sac. <laughs> <laughs> well, comics is always a cul-de-sac if you think about it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. So we're going to wrap these bad boys up. And then I will also do a quick catch up. On Old Man Logan as we march towards that finale. Mm. Oh, do you have a little bit of news? Okay. Oh, yes. I love news. Yeah. Let's do news. Um, So, Declan Shalvey, who you don't really know as much, but fans of, of other comic books will recognize, um, has also been tasked to um, join Steve McNiven on Return to Wolverine. So, there'll be two artists. Both of them are are really good. Uh, McNiven and Shelby. Um, And I think Shelby also, from the image and the preview I saw, uh, designed Wolverine's new costume, which I meant to pull. Let me see if I can find that real fast. Yeah, I want to see this thing. I meant to show you. This Um, is the Hot Claws thing, right? Red Lobster? I guess technically it's the Red Lobster Hot Claws, but I don't think you see them in this shot. Let me see here. Shall be new live from our living room. Well, from our bedroom, actually. Wolverine. Jason is Googling. Costume. Dear Google. Yeah. All right. Here's how we pull it up. Show me the costume. Oh. So it actually reminds me a lot of his House of M costume a little bit, but he's basically got like a... Chef's coat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's red with, or black with red trim. And he's got little buttons on his lapel and his gloves. I think Ollie had an outfit like this once. I, I think it looks cool, <laughs> but I can understand there's some, some uh, mm, weirdness mm, to some mm, of it. Yeah. I'm not digging the gloves. He's always just... had gloves. You think they're too short? Maybe. 
I don't know. I've just, I've really enjoyed, and I'm, this is going to sound strange coming from me. I've really enjoyed Old Man Logan from the standpoint of he doesn't really wear a costume. Right. Ergo, he doesn't wear gloves. Right. So the idea of just the bare claws, you know, punching out from the skin. Yeah. Just, it brings a whole new level of how brutal Wolverine is to himself. True. And I, and I guess it... But if you're on missions and stuff, I also see the point of not wanting to leave your Wolverine fingerprints all over the place. No, I, I get that too. But I guess, I don't know. And I, I hate to bring the movies up into it, but you know, every time Hugh Jackman would pop yeah, his claws... Yeah, always minimal costume. Yeah. yeah, there was just something raw about it. And especially, you know, every once in a while, if you'd notice in the movies, he'd kind of like... You know, after he'd pop him, he'd rub like the back of his hand. Right. Kind of like that stung. <laughs> and it just, I don't know, it, it gave that sense of realism that, you know, giant two foot metal blades were shooting out of their hand. So, yeah, maybe maybe it's because it's short. Maybe it's because it's a chef's jacket. <laughs> and I think they're cut gloves and ergo his claws shouldn't come out of them. What? Do you know what a cut glove is? Like weightlifter gloves? No, cut gloves are gloves that chefs put on their hands so that when they're, they put it on the hand, they're not holding the knife. So when they're cutting, if the knife slips, they don't slice their fingers off. I promise you no chef's glove is going to stop adamantium blades. Oh, okay. (laughs) I don't know. I have a chef's glove. It's pretty strong. It's not adamantium strong, but... Anyway, I like the costume overall, but I understand how it might not appeal to everybody. Um, anyway, so yeah, Shelby will be on the miniseries with McNiven um, and Charles Soule, of course, being the writer. Um, also, uh, after Old Man Logan ends, there's going to be a last Old Man Logan story. So after Logan... No, no, no. It ends. No, it ends with number 50, and then he goes back home. And then there's going to be a, a last story called Dead Man Logan. No. Well, no. yeah, I kind of say no, too, but Mike Henderson's drawing it, and I love Mike Henderson. So. And how many issues is this supposed to be? Please uh, tell like me, like, 40, four. I think. Four? <laughs> no, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, please tell me it's no more than four. I think it's five or six, but oh, I'd have geez. to look it up. Just no. let him die. Yeah. yeah. Just let him, just, he goes home. We get to use our imagination. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us may daydream that he died in the desert. Others may daydream that he found his second love and is living happily amongst the tumbleweeds. Right. Just. (laughs) Well, you know, we got to put a, got to put a bow on it. No, you don't. Bloody, gruesome bow. No, there's no bows. There's no bows. He just goes home. It's like in Mad Men when you start the new season and people are like, where'd so-and-so go? Remember they got divorced and moved away. (laughs) That's when people get fired from TV shows. (laughs) I I didn't mind that sometimes. Where's so-and-so? Have you heard from so-and-so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. They're doing great. And then that's <laughs> all you ever hear about them. Right. You don't, It. what's funny is that some of them would be like, have you heard from so-and-so? Oh, yeah, he and his wife. He was married 
oh yeah he got married over the summer <laughs> they have a baby they have a whole entire life that you know nothing about and it's okay because you're not vested in them I'm not vested in old man Logan. Right. Yeah. I think the counterpoint to that would be, I, I think a lot of people are. No. Okay. Well. There's no reason. Use your imagination. <laughs> right. What is it? Well, What's gonna, the Disney gonna, song? Uh, gonna... It's a figment of your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not the only one that sings. Awesome. All right. Well, um, yeah, so that's our Wolverine news. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about some comics. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Here we go. So first up, we have we Weapon Loss, number four. This, of course, is written by Charles Soule with art by Matteo Bafagni, colors by Jim Carolopoulos, letters by VCs Josephino. And the cover is by Giuseppe Kevin Coley, Roberto Poggi, and Federico Blee. Now, I did not get that cover. That was a fine cover. Kevin um, Coley had uh, Daredevil fighting what was essentially... I don't remember if G.I. Joe ever had a desert viper. But if they did, that's what this guy would have looked like. Um, but I got the Ron Garney and Matt Mia variant cover because it's one of my favorite covers in a long, long time. Um, it's Logan... And Daredevil jumping off a rooftop with some silhouetted pigeons. And Watch a, for poop. Yeah, and it's a really cool color scheme with kind of a green and yellow backdrop on a building. And I don't know, what do you think about this cover? It's interesting. Yeah. I like it a lot. It's been my Twitter avatar for a little bit. I don't know if it w still will when this comes out or not, but it was for a little bit. I like how the pigeons are just... Um, they're blown out. Like, they're all white. There's no yeah. detail to it. Right, yeah, I like that, too. Yeah, although I do think it's funny because the word lost almost has a pigeon in its sights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Weapon Lost logo, if you remember, the O in Lost is like a target. Like the bullseye from a yeah. scope. Yeah, yeah, there is almost a pigeon in the, in the bullseye. That's funny. A vision or a pigeon? Pigeon. I don't know. It's a vision of a pigeon. <laughs> it's a vision of a pigeon. Get your squid in. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Sounds dirty, though. <laughs> anyway, I like the cover a lot. I like. I just like the idea of Logan and Daredevil running around the rooftops. I don't know. Something about that's just inspiring or whatever. I have to say reading all these books where Logan pops in and people are trying to help him and whatnot, it cracks me up how many friends he actually, like, good friends Yeah, he actually has Wait. for someone who's constantly like, I need to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Wolverine is the social loner. So he's the... We, we've um, all known those guys. I'm the, kind of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no wait what is it what is it i'm the extroverted introvert oh yes yes a similar a similar thing as well but i i never understand that you're either an introvert or you're an extrovert no i'm both you're an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert i don't know 
I just I feel like you're either an introvert or you're an extrovert and extroverts because they're so extroverted sometimes need to be alone like everybody needs to be left alone at some point yeah and so I don't know I I I just can't wrap my head around that statement right well really has nothing to do with this anyway (laughs) no I just I I as I read these, I always think it's funny how much right. Logan keeps saying, I need to be alone. Right. I'm a loner. I'm a loner. I'm better on my own. Yeah. And yet I have like 80 friends. <laughs> if Logan had a Facebook page, he'd have like 50,000 <laughs> followers and he'd know every single one of them. Right. Yeah. And they'd all go, Logan, why aren't you posting anything? Oh, I want to be alone. Oh man, Dan and Georgie are gonna love your synopsis of Logan's personality. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> All right, so remember, this whole series is basically Kitty Pride approached Daredevil, said, "Need some help finding Logan. His body's missing." Right. Daredevil puts together a team. Right. Of uh, Frank McGee, Misty Knight, and Doug Ramsey or Cipher. Yeah. They Cipher does his. Language, internet magic. They fall down some weeds. They meet cyborg Wolverine. It's a false weed. But they've also uncovered this company, Sotierra. And they're going to follow up another weed. This guy in Chicago that had said he saw Logan and then took everything down and then disappeared. And they found his apartment and they found a bomb. And that's where we pick up. And the bomb blows up. The bomb blows up. Are they're okay yeah. because Misty Knight, her hand does this little shield thing. Yeah, yeah. She makes a. It's kind of like the uh, laser Captain America shield from old Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, yeah. Comics. Um, yeah. So she makes a blast shield, and then she also like stretches her hand, and Daredevil uses Billy Club, but she goes like. Uh, Stilt like man. Go go gadget. Yeah, yeah, that's what. I, yeah, go go gadget arm, and saves everybody. Um, then they even play hero and get people out of the burning building, which I thought was a nice little kind of break. Well, and I like how the they action. work together to do it. Cipher kind of coordinated everybody, and then they work together to get all the people. Yeah, yeah, and McGee with his detective. Uh, Photographic eyes picks up the Sotierra badge on the guy's security jacket. Yeah, I kind of thought that was hokey. Well, yeah, but it is his power set. So. Okay, so that it wasn't some new like. No, oh, no, I no, can no, also no. do this. No, he can take like pictures with his mind. Okay. Fa- well, he has to use his his eyeball flash, like a flash <laughs> camera. Right. Yeah. I but, can- if he, but if he flashes his eyeballs, and he can literally save the image. The, the way it was worded in the comic, I was like, oh, is this something new? <laughs> They're like, I can actually do this now, by the right. way. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So they decide they're going to check out an old holding in this company. Um, Daredevil's all being ninja. And then Frank McGee and Ramsey just crash to the window on a flying motorcycle. Yeah, they're like, move. He's like, what? Move. Yep. So uh, Cypher, obviously, is going to hack the computer, but some guards show up, but then other guards show up and kill the guards. Yeah, they have a level four kill team. Yeah. But, but Cypher and they're gets, deleting files. That's why Cypher's trying to get everything. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to beat the clock of the file deletion 
Uh, but he gets some information. They eventually get away and they watch it. And it's a scary video of Logan. And someone off camera says, what is your name? Logan Wolverine. Bub. He doesn't say Bub. He should have. Um, <laughs> Maybe that means it's not him. Maybe. And he says, what will you do for us? Whatever you want. So Daredevil is super worried about, obviously this video is pretty troublesome. Um, but then he breaks up the band. Uh, I will say, if you're reading the Daredevil book, McGee shows back up. Okay. So that's kind of cool. And I think Misty Knight is actually in the annual, but I think it's a flashback. But uh, McGee actually sticks around. Him and Daredevil have some some post-Hunt for Wolverine adventures. Um, but they all leave on good terms. They were they enjoyed working together. Um, Daredevil promises to get Cypher some help, which I thought was really touching. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Well, and, and Cypher has that moment where he's like, please help me. Yeah. Like, he, he's almost... What's the word I'm looking for? Humbled by everything. Yeah. Because no, he talks real soft and... Like, don't be mad at me. Like, please help me. Yeah, I thought it was a nice scene. And then uh, Daredevil calls Kitty, brings her up to speed. And, of course, it ends with a page of Wolverine should have stayed dead with a mean old cuss Wolverine with his claws out. And then, coming soon, dead ends. All right, well, so, I guess before we talk about anything else... What do you think about our, our Wolverine clue here? Well, and I, I'm i sorry. Did you say, I also thought there was a touching moment between Misty Knight and Frank. And Frank, yeah, when they depart, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Misty kind of feels like, hey, we're going to like hook up again. And right. Frank's like, no, nah, I shouldn't have done that. Like, I still haven't gotten over my ex-wife. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. It was very kind of personal. It was. It was stuff. touching. And yeah. I I enjoyed that. Normally I'd be like, ugh. Well, I thought it was interesting too because he talks about like the divorce is all because of his transformation. Like after the Terrigen. Right. Like he turned into an inhuman, got these powers and his wife couldn't handle it. And she took off, but he still hasn't really given up the ghost. Right. I guess. Um but even after that, Misty's like, all right, cool. That's cool, but I still enjoyed working with you. You know, she still respects him. Maybe even respects yeah. him more after that. I don't know. Yeah. So. No, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was very touching. Yeah. I'm sorry. So what do you think of our, our Wolverine clue? Is it really a clue? Well, I, I guess the reveal or whatever. I mean... The pro- the proposed idea that Wolverine is in the employ of this company is cause kind of they they pull the trigger and he shoots the bullet. I or I guess they aim the gun and he's or he is the bullet. Whatever. <laughs> However that analogy works, he's their weapon. I don't know. I kind of go back to the age old fool me once, shame on me. Fool me or no, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Because I feel like they're just trying to fool us again. Another red herring? Yeah. Okay. And I don't know why. Do you think it's a fake Wolverine? Do you think it's a brainwashed Wolverine? I guess it, is it a clone? Is it an I alternate? feel like it's a clone. You like it's a clone? Okay. Yeah. I don't know why. I just, I don't feel like, now again, part of it is 
I don't feel like the brief snippet, which is very brief, and anything can be taken out of context. And we've seen Wolverine say he was going to do stuff with bad people because he's trying to infiltrate them. So mm-hmm. part of me feels like... Well, but do you think he would... I mean, so this is this Sotiera, this kind of evil company or whatever it is. Right. Is a new story element. Right. I guess the part that it would make me weary about Wolverine going undercover is... Would he come, like, immediately back from the dead and, like, go on a mission and get some brand new, like, threat? You know what I mean? I think it just depends. I think if he got out and in the process of trying to find his friends, he discovered this threat and realized... I need to take care of this because all of my friends are in danger. You know, those friends I don't talk to and want to be alone from. Right. Yeah. I can see him being like, I have to protect them. (laughs) Right. That's a possibility. But again, I also don't feel like, I feel like the snippet of Wolverine that we've gotten isn't Wolverine. It doesn't act like Wolverine. It doesn't look like Wolverine. It doesn't sniff like Wolverine. Like there's just something about it that just... It, there's something in the back of my head that makes me say this isn't it, him. Okay. Now, I could be wrong, and this could be all part of the whole evil hot claws Wolverine. <laughs> but, you know. Well, this guy, I mean, at least in this panel, doesn't have hot claws. So. Well, not all lobsters are <laughs> hot. I mean. So he hasn't, been, he, he hasn't put them in the microwave yet. He hasn't dipped them in butter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm actually kind of on the fence on whether I feel like this is like an incomplete brainwashed Wolverine. You know, he came back from the dead with part of his soul missing or whatever, however they decide to play that. Um, all right, we're back. <laughs> Sorry about any interruption you heard. Um, hopefully most of it happened off mic. Uh, <laughs> we took a short break. Um, some uh, uh, baby-related uh, happenings. <laughs> so um, we'll leave it at that. But basically, all I was getting to is um, it's either some kind of fake Wolverine or it's a Wolverine who came back from the dead and hasn't found himself yet and is doing these bad things because he doesn't know any better. So but, I just had a thought. Yeah. Okay, we, we... Did you say this thought was just born? Probably. <laughs> so, and I'm sorry if I repeat myself. So, just to go over a few facts that we know. Okay. Wolverine was encased in adamantium. Uh-huh. He somehow got out. Yeah. Okay, the whole point of Wolverine died was because you can't break through the adamantium, right? Mm -hmm. So, But but Kitty phased him out, remember? Right. So, I, I had this thought of, what if they try to spin it where he lost his soul? But my question is... Well, I think that's the, that's the fear, right? The fear is that 
Wolverine's body is back alive, but it's not really Wolverine. Like, the mm-hmm. things that kept Wolverine in check are not there anymore. But where did they go? Well, yeah, I think that's the question, right? Like, the did other they question go down is, to 7-Eleven? <laughs> yeah, to get some beer. Yeah. Um, and when they came back, his body was gone, so they're like, shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think that would be the question is whether this is a body of Wolverine that's either brainwashed or missing part of himself, and if so, how do they get that part back? Or it's just not Wolverine at all, and it's some kind of either a clone or science project or whatever. I don't know. I guess I part of me feels like if it's the whole he lost a piece of himself, I'm going to be very disappointed in that avenue. Okay. Because part of me just can't wrap my head around how they would do it right. Because there is no right way to do it. <laughs> I don't know. There's been stories like that before that worked out okay. It just depends. It really depends on how they how they play it of him being incomplete and how they quote unquote recomplete him. And where where the story is in that and who the supporting cast is and all that. But I don't know. We'll see because I mean this is only one of four books that kind of end with Wolverine being in a certain place, so. Okay. So what do you think of the art in this book? I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I mean, did too. I thought it was one of the better issues. I thought, yeah. You know, and here's what I would have to say. I, I think we've complained about the whole rest of the series. I felt like the colors were a little clearer in this issue than they were in the first three. I agree. It was easier to follow the action, so. So thank you, uh, Weapon Lost guys, for listening to the podcast and addressing our concerns. That's right. <laughs> No, but it just, it was a little, it was just a lot easier to see what was going on. And that made a big difference to me it in did. the art. Um, there were th- still a few pages that I thought were a little muddy. Right. But overall, they improved dramatically. Yeah. And I, I do want to say, like, you know, printing, especially, I don't know how these comics are printed, but if they're gang printed, it's so hard to get precise color because they're trying to match colors across a very wide gambit and so i don't know maybe the past couple of issues were gang printed and that's what made them muddy i don't know i'm giving them benefit of the i know that the colors are a big big part of comics so i'm sure they're doing whatever the best possible solution is (laughs) yeah but comics are also notoriously well, but you know what? Not For as anymore. much as you spend on them, yeah, not anymore. That would they, have been the case maybe like in up through the eighties. Yeah. But. So yeah, they should have done a better print job. Yeah, I think it's just the way the colors chose to do it. I think they were probably going for a dark, noirish, moody. moody thing, and it just ended up not really executing in a way that we liked. Other people may have liked it a lot, right? But. You know, for us, it was just a little too unclear. But I felt like this had a lot more clarity. Yeah. And I felt like this felt more like the first issue as far as having, like, good personal beats in the story. Well, and I... I, There was an honesty about this one. Yeah. That really resonated with me. You know, you had the whole Misty Night and Frank honesty situation. You had Cypher's honesty with Daredevil. And then I even enjoyed Daredevil's honesty when, you know, he said, hey, I asked Froggy to, you know, watch this with me. And because he can't watch it, 
you know, he's relaying what he's hearing and how it scares him. And there was an honest feeling about it. Uh, true. Yeah, I forgot to mention that because it was a video. Daredevil right. can't see video. Right. Kind of like, you know, I guess dogs can't watch TV or you know, whatever that. <laughs> I don't know. You know Max watches TV. Oh, yeah, he definitely does. <laughs> but uh, no, but his radar sense can't. I mean, it's flat 2D, so he right. can't interpret it. So he did only got the audio, um, which I think would be even scarier, right? If you just hear Wolverine's voice saying, I'll do whatever you want. Right. And then, but. I guess there was more on the and video. And then about comes on. Oh man! <laughs> and Daredevil's like, oh, not this kind of movie. Um, no, but I, yeah, I agree. I think this was a, a fairly well written issue. Art was better. Um, so, what do you want to give Weapon Loss number four? I'm gonna give it five out of six. Okay, I'm right there between a four and a five. Um, well, let me, I don't know if this will sway you. I was between a four and a five, and I gave it a five specifically for the relationship honesties, like the different connections between people. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I think I'll go with you. It's got still low five, but I, I can get this book five out of six class. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, so what would you say about the series overall? Hmm. Um, I felt like it was like a little roller. Like I felt like it, yeah. it had a strong start. Then it, it kind of got a little bit less interesting, and then yeah. ended well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. we don't have to rate it. I just want your over. I just you know, if you had an overall thought. No, I agree with you. I I enjoyed a few issues, and then there were other issues I just kind of was ho hum about. Right. Um, I don't really like the whole cyborg Wolverine thing. Um, yeah, I can see that. So yeah, I overall I'd have to give it middle of the road. It had okay. its high points and it had it had its low points for me. Um, but I do agree it ended high. Yeah. Yep. All right. So let's go to what has been our favorite of these series so far on the Adamantium Agenda number four, written by Mr. Tom Taylor, art by R.B. Silva, inks by Adriano de Benedetto, colors by Guru Effects, letters by V.C. Josebino, and the cover by Cameron Coley, Roberto Poggi, and Val Staples. This time I did get the regular cover. Um... And it's kind of got a spotlight on Iron Man in a dark room as he's about to do uh, one of the scenes from Chicago. And, <laughs> and a walking away from him, all frowning, even under his mask, are Spider-Man, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Wolverine. What do you think of the cover? I like it. It reminds me of a Netflix like TV cover. I can see that a little bit, yeah. Kind of got a movie poster vibe to it a little bit. Yeah, it re- but it, it really does remind me, like, when you go on to Netflix and it has the, you know, the pictures of the different shows yeah. and certain TV shows will change. Yeah, I, I've noticed that this last go-around on stuff. So they change about once a month. Oh, I thought it co- I, 
I honestly thought it depended on what episode we were watching. No, no. It's just a static image that just we just happened to catch it. Yeah, I think it's just set. I think they have like a handful, like maybe three or five, depending on the popularity of the show. Okay. And so every whatever Netflix algorithm is, um, switches it out. Gotcha. So I think it's a way to get people to go. It looks oh, I new. Watch right? that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it tricks people into rewatching stuff. Or yeah. Clicking on it. Yeah. Or at least remembering like. So it's Netflix clickbait. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's actually pretty ingenious. <laughs> if you ask me. Yes. Denise's marketing mouth is watering. <laughs> it really is. Because <laughs> I also like when they do new. It's a little red banner and it says new episodes. Mm-hmm. So when those pop up, they it changes out again. Okay. And so it cracks me up though because every once in a while so I'll listen to Netflix at work, kind of like a podcast, but for movies. And it cracks me up because I'll log in and I'll go, Oh, new episode No. <sighs> they just changed the cover. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So remember this series so far. Um Wolverine back in the new Avengers days stopped this green bomb and had a conversation with Iron Man about if I die. Right. Um, and Iron Man made a promise and then once uh, Kitty approached Tim as well because they right. have a, a friendship or a business relationship. Um, he's like, all right. And so he put a team together to try to f- go on the black market and find Wolverine genetic material Turned out that's not really what people had. And then they also... So his team was uh, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. Right. And then they ended up teaming up with uh, Laura. Yes. On all-new Wolverine slash X-23. And they kind of form a team. And they ended up forming the Iron Team to go hunt down a lead on Mr. Sinister. Because he has, like, everybody's genes ever. Did you say Iron? Iron, man. Iron, iron, sorry, <laughs> iron man, iron man. I was iron. like, are you trying man. to say iron and wine? Just iron man. <laughs> I got my urn, my ashes in it. Oh, iron gosh. man. Just making sure I heard you right. <laughs> sorry, iron man. I, you did it again. How, how do you say iron? Iron. 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 Yeah. I earn. Okay. Yeah, that's probably right. I earn. I earn money. No. <laughs> iron. 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 It's not iron. I R O N. Iron. Iron, Ron, Ron. Iron, Ron. Anyway. Um. Oh, I was about to say, I run. I run. And so I run. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we go back to a few years ago after this explosion. Um, Which, by the way, did not see this coming. What, the Wolverine smelled bad when he was burnt? No. <laughs> it's what Wolverine found before he was burnt. I don't remember. Honestly, I read this so long ago. Um, so basically, they kind of flashes yeah. back. Sorry. You're supposed to take this one anyway. Oh. So... It kind of flashes back to whenever, when the bomb went off in yeah, the city. Yeah, years ago, it says. Right. 
indeterminably a few years ago. And, you know, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Spider-Man are with Wolverine and they're like, dude, you look singed. <laughs> and I, and Spider, Spider-Man <laughs> talks about how he smells bad. Well, and I actually... I, <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what's great? So Ollie, Ollie in... <laughs> involuntarily switches the letters around in spider. So he says, um, oh, what does he say? Uh, Spitterman? No, but it's like, um, no, Pisterman. <laughs> so he like, instead of S-P-I-D-E-R, he says P-I-D-S-E-R, so Pisterman. Pisterman. It's funny. It's really cute. And he loves Pisterman. He does. Ethan has a little pitster man. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, oh, it's a little stuffed animal. I mean, it is, but it's only like six inches big, like tall. Like, it's tiny and he's kind of flat. Mm. He's like flat stuffed Stanley for Spider Man. Uh, yeah. But anyway, he always goes, I want Spitter Man, Spitter Man, Pister Man, Pister Man, whatever. Pister-man. Yeah. And he, he'll run into Ethan's room and take it off his bed. Right. And then like, bring it downstairs. <laughs> right. ah, I got <laughs> he's, you, Mr. He's like, man. He's like, he's mine. <laughs> we're always like, not yours, yeah. mine. Yeah, we're, mine. We're, we're in the my phase hardcore right now. Which is funny because anytime he sees a phone laying down, he looks at the back of it. And he knows the back of your phone uh-huh. or the back of my phone. Yeah. And he'll be like, mommy's phone. Here you go. Here Here you you go. go." Yeah. And like hands it to us. And we're like, oh, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) And then, oh, so today, not, we'll get back to the comics in a second. (laughs) But when I picked him up from a daycare today, you know, he's obviously playing with trains. Obviously. Boys all over trains right now. And they have kind of those knockoff, like Thomas trains with little magnets that connect, like the little wooden trains, um, kind of like we have. And, um. So he's playing with them. He says, together. And he's putting them together because he always want, he tries to make like the longest train he can. Um, and I was like, yeah. So well, it's time to go. Let's let's put the trains up. And he starts to walk back. And he's really good there. Not <laughs> which, Still working on it at home. Right. But he's really good at school, like picking up, putting stuff where it goes so he can go home and like, you know, feel like he cleaned up. Um, and so he walks towards the train area and then he turns around and runs. And not towards the door. He's not trying to escape. He runs over to the other side of the room where that, uh, like that built-out like kitchen place that is. Right. And he opens up the fake little microwave, shoves the trains in there, closes it, and then walks like tries to sneak away. <laughs> like, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like I'm saving it. So yeah. Like I'm gonna hide these here <laughs> until tomorrow, um, and they'll be here when I get there, and I'll get them back nice. out, and I'll play with my trains again. And as we're leaving, I guess another little girl saw him, and she ran over there and opened it and yanked the door and pulled out the trains, and he was like, he had a meltdown. Like, I had to carry him out of the building screaming, my trains, my trains! (laughs) My precious! My precious! (laughs) Yeah. And I thought it was really funny that, like, he was going to, like, stow him away for tomorrow. That's hilarious. (laughs) But, you know, he does that here. Does he? So before he goes upstairs. But he's not hiding stuff, though. He's just saving. Yeah. Cause he'll, he, so there's something he really wants to take to bed, and we don't let him because we're mean parents. Um, we're so mean. Yeah. Um, 
he'll uh, he'll put him he'll line it up like on the bottom stair. Right. So that when he comes downstairs in the morning, he can grab it and pick up right where he left off. But so. he started putting him between the rails, like almost like oh, they're his little. I didn't really correlate that to a hiding place, but it could be. Yeah, I kind of took it huh, as like, I'm going to stick it right here so you won't move <laughs> it. Right. You can't see it between the white spokes of the stairs. Right. That's funny. No, but he does do that a lot. It yeah. cracks me up. But anyway. Anyway, so, so back, back, to, the back to the comics. Um, so I do love this interaction between Wolverine and Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man says, I can barely look you in the eye. And he goes, then I wouldn't look that way either. And Spider-Man goes, why? He goes, because I'm pretty sure one of my eyeballs landed over there. <laughs> and Spider-Man jumps up in the air. He's yeah. Like, ah. um, but basically, Wolverine says, hey, I I asked Tony, if, if anything happens to me, like, just let me die. Like, make sure I stay dead. And... They kind of say, well, can, do you trust him? And Wolverine goes, like, 80%. <laughs> he is Tony. I think that's what everybody settles on. Yeah. Is that he'll mean well, but it's really hard to turn down the temptation of a sweet science experiment. Yeah. And so then we flash back to the building, and it's yep. like... Everybody's in their iron suits. Iron suits. And... They've agreed on the fact that this is everybody in the world's DNA except for mutants. So these are non-mutant DNA that Dr. Um, Mr. Sinister. I'm sorry, Mr. Sinister has been storing up. And so um, guards come in trying to take him out. They attack. They take him out and they're like, you know, for a place that's got everybody in the world's DNA, it's not guarded very well. And so Laura says, there's something on the other side of this wall. So it opens up, but they realize everybody on the other side of the wall is dead. And it looks like another team has come in. And this is kind of the aftermath right. of what's happened. And Tony says, okay, so... Sinister had, you know, the vials of DNA, but then he had a database of DNA. Right. So Tony's going to try to download some stuff. Right. And they're kind of like, you know, the whole iron group um, is like, Tony, yeah, so maybe we should delete this. Yeah. They're arguing about whether they just destroy everything. Right. And walk away and, you know, Tony, the scientist, is like, but we can use some of this information. Right. And while they're kind of in the middle of arguing, um, Sinister shows up. Swole Sinister. Who? Swole. He's all buff. Oh. Uh, and Tony says, you know, put your helmets on, keep them out of your heads. Um, and they take him down. Yeah, you get a really cool iron snicked. Iron snicked. And it's interesting because Sinister tries to. He tries to appeal to Tony Stark's science side. Appeal was the word I was looking for. Why are you going to throw away all this data? This is data. We love data. 
Well, and then here was the twist oh, that right. I did not see coming. Yeah. Okay. So it flashes back to when Logan says, hey, you know, he's with Tony in the radiation cloud. And he's like, can you turn off your calm? So it's just you and I talking. So when we first encountered this way back when, I thought it was because Logan was telling Tony, there's someone on your team that you can't trust. Uh, well, so we kind of get like the other side of a conversation. Because in the last issue, when he turned the comms off, he was appealing to Tony about like, hey, I know about kind of everything that happened with the Civil War and we want right. to avoid that. And no, here's the deal. But then he find we find out the rest of that conversation and what what Logan Wolverine actually saw during the explosion and So what Wolverine actually saw right before he, he got atomized blown <laughs> up was a Stark logo on the bomb. Yeah. And so he, you know, he's just kinda like, I saw it. Like what the hell, dude? Um, and Tony kind of just says, hey, people steal my stuff all the time. Like, not my fault. And Logan just kind of says, we can't have this. Like, you got to control yourself, basically. Right. Um, and so we flip that page and we go back. And I love, I absolutely love this panel. So you have Iron Man in a bubble. Like, and he's almost in the same position. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mirror image. Yeah. Of, like, when he turned away from Logan, like, oh, I don't know, man. And then the same exact pose, present day. Right. He's trying to figure out what he's going to do. He's like, Avengers? Light it up. Yeah, and Mr. Sinister's like, no! <laughs> but I, I love how he's just like, there's the Avengers, and then a pause, and then light it up like let's yeah. just do it you can tell he's not even 100 percent sold but he just no. kind of pulls the trigger and says okay if i don't if i keep thinking about this i'm going to change my mind right it's like let's blow it up now <laughs> yeah no and, and we've all had those moments where yeah. we're like i don't want to do this right and the longer i debate over it yeah the more likely i am to do what i actually want to do as opposed to what's right right mm -hmm. and so they blow it up and they, when I say they blow it up, they blow it up. <laughs> yeah, they blow it up good. And uh, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes is after this, though. So then it, we we go back to Harlem, yeah. and Iron Fist is just the babysitter. I yeah, love that. I love I, that. <laughs> I love that he's the babysitter in his unitard. Yeah, yeah. He's not even wearing jeans. No, he's wearing his Iron Fist suit. Yeah, but uh, with high tops. And, yeah. Um, He's like, so, you guys need some help? We got to go bust some skulls? I'm like, no, no, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> but then I love how Jessica Jones is like, so the couch is under the laundry. Feel free to do the laundry. The laundry's under the couch, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I just, <laughs> I love how she's like, here, go ahead, fold it. Like, <laughs> go for it. And Laura actually starts folding. Right. And I think Spider-Man, too. Yeah. Starts folding. Um. And then Tony's kind of sitting there and he's like, so, yeah, I know we destroyed all this data and that's a good thing. Um, but there were two things that I discovered right before we destroyed it. And so they kind of are like, damn it, Tony. Like, why'd you have to go figure these two things out? Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, one of them's about 
X-23. And she's like, don't take my dad away from me. Like, whatever you tell me, don't tell me that Wolverine's not my dad. Because um, I'll, I'll snicked you right here. <laughs> and he basically says, you know this woman, uh, what is it, Laura? Sarah Kinney. Sarah Kinney. Uh, and Laura says, yeah, she's the woman who carried me. I kind of call her my mom. And he drops the bomb that, well, you know, she technically is part Logan, but she's not a full clone of Logan. So. Laura, you're talking about. Laura, yeah. Yeah. So Laura. So Sarah was not just her de facto mom. She was her mom. Yeah, which is a pretty big potential change to Laura. Um. I'm really, really interested to see how this plays out. And it's hard to tell if this is something that Taylor wanted to do in his all-new Wolverine and didn't get to it. Right. And so he planted the seed. So I'm really curious whether this will play out more. I'm sure it will impact both books. I'm really curious to see whether the major story plays out in, in X-23 with Tamaki or... You know, Taylor's still writing Laura and X-Men Red. Right. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm really, really curious to see the ramifications of this because. Now refresh my memory. All right. So, so we'll have to figure out exactly what happened because there's an old issue of Wolverine from the 90s. I don't remember exactly what number it is. I think it's 90 something actually. Um, where there was an insignificant kind of vial of DNA that was called X-23. Uh-huh. And that was kind of just forgotten about for a long time. Right. And then they eventually connected that to X-23 after X-23 was created. So they kind of tied back to, hey, you remember that obscure reference in a Wolverine comic a long time ago? Well, it turned out it was a big deal and it led to X-23. Okay. So the theory then is they they took that and tried to do all these clones, mostly unsuccessful. Um, Then they tried actually putting it in like a surrogate which was Sarah right um so I'm really curious then if that bio or that DNA actually like if somehow bonded with Sarah to make like true parentage or if it's really irrelevant and Sarah like actually had relations with Logan like this a true like 50-50 thing like I'm just really Really, or really was curious it to like see how that plays out. Logan juice that they right. inseminated maybe her with. Maybe instead of DNA, it was actually like you know, sperm. You know. Well, so. isn't that what it? Okay, sorry to bring up the movie, but in the last Wolverine movie, where it was just Logan, right? That was the name of the movie. It was uh, just Logan. Yes. Okay. Yeah. In the storyline, correct me if I'm wrong. Women were inseminated, right, with right. mutant DNA in the hopes of creating new mutants. Yeah, like a new, so not a clone, but a new kind of mutant. Right. Yeah, so it could have something to do with that, definitely. Okay. So instead of instead of Laura being a clone, she was mixed with right paternal and maternal DNA, which I think is really interesting and adds a I don't know a humane side to it. Not humane. Humane is not the right word. Society is not used. No, no. I'm trying to think that she's put so much emphasis on she's. 
Oh, it's got to shake her identity for sure. She's right. always thought of herself almost as less than because she was a clone. Right. And has really struggled with kind of, in a lot, especially in her early stories, with self-worth and you know, what's her value, what does she contribute. And when you, so when you remove that kind of clone stigma from herself, right. I, what avenues does that open up? I, I think it's... I think it's a really interesting twist that I did not think was, I did not see that coming at all. I didn't either. Um, I think it's a kind of a game changer for Laura, and I think the stories and the writers will determine whether it's a good game change or a bad game change, but um, I mean, the people that are writing Laura right now, I expect nothing but the best, so right. I think it, it could be a really awesome kind of change for her. Um yeah, so uh, what was it? What was the other revelation from Mr. So the, Stark? The other revelation is that there is a mutant on the X team uh-huh. that is not a mutant. Yeah. Uh-oh. And we get no hint at all about this. Now, I think Georgie, I think it was Georgie. So if I'm if I'm taking credit away from somebody else and miscrediting him, I'm sorry. But was like, well, it's going to be Kitty, and that that takes care of why she's been so out of character for all of X-Men Gold. <laughs> but no, I really don't know who it's going to be, though. Like, I'm really... It's Jean Grey. <laughs> well, yes, that's, that's who you would she's say. She's such a biatch. She's actually been really um, interesting since she came back. No, uh, she just shouldn't come back. Right, I know. You haven't been reading the X-Men Red series? No, it? I haven't. I know Georgie said I shouldn't bash it until I read <laughs> it, but I'm sorry. I just... Yeah. But anyway, I, yeah, I'm really, really intrigued to see who, who it would be and who it's going to be. And, and Tony believes that this non-mutant mutant is a sleeper agent. Yeah. Well, so what what was your impression? Did you get the impression that Tony knew and wasn't saying... Or if he just knows that some, somewhere, <laughs> you know, how does he, how would he know that it exists and not know who it is, I guess? Well, here's the thing. If he saw enough to know that Laura's mom was truly Laura's mom, he knows more. I just think he hasn't gotten it up to, like, it's one of those, we have a mutant among us. It, it's almost like when you have bad news for someone and you don't just want to blurt it out. It's like, so... I really need to tell you something. Well, right. But if he knows that there's a fake mutant on the X-Men and he decides not to disclose that, like, he's implicit. Well, I think he's going to disclose it. Oh. Like, in the next... Oh, in Dead Ends, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we got to have something that carries over. You're right. So, it's like a cliffhanger, and they're going to be like, what? what? Yeah. And he'll be like, the person is... Or Vanna should- White. We should give, you know, so-and-so the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they don't even know. Because that's the other thing is I started thinking about all the mutants. Like, who would not have a power? Are they? And then it was like, how do you manifest a power that's not a power? Well, you fake it somehow, right? So. Right. So who can, I mean, Beast can't fake his. Right. Or do they take mutant growth hormone and temporarily have powers? I think there's a lot of interesting possibilities. Well, or could they be um, inhuman? Oh. And playing it off as they're a mutant. Or or have powers a different way and just 
decided to be a mutant. I don't know. There's there's a lot of interesting potential. Because technically, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage are not mutants. Right. They're superheroes. Right. So, it just kind of... They could say, hey, I'm a mutant. And unless you test them or know their story, you wouldn't know. Right. So... So I just kind of I was trying to run through my head, but I don't know enough random because I here's my thing. It's going to be some random X-Men that I don't know. We've never has only popped up once or twice. We're going to go. Who the hell is that? (laughs) But then if it's somebody big like Bobby or Jean Grey or, you know, we'll go. What? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It'll have to be very well written, but I think it could be. Yeah. So, but well, huge cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. And huge, re- huge character reveal for Laura. Um, can't wait to see how that plays out and continues to impact her character uh, as her series go on. But, um, what do you think of the art in this book? I liked it. Uh, th- so I've decided, though, that I don't like the way Jessica Jones is drawn. Okay. I Maybe it's because I watched, I've never read any of her books. She doesn't look like she does on TV. I know. And so my only go-to is yeah. the Netflix show. Yeah. Which, to me, uh, her personality and the way she dresses go hand in hand. Right. In Netflix. And her personality and the way she dresses... <laughs> I, but it's funny because I don't feel like her personality is the same. No, it's not. She's she's definitely snarky and smartass, but not as mean. Yeah. And in the show, she's really mean. She is. For for character reasons or whatever, but in the comics, she's not as nasty. Um, I do like when Laura was upset. She goes, "Here, hold a kid. That makes everything better." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like the art quite a bit. And I love the comic. Um, what do you want to grade Adamantium Agenda number four? Hmm. This one's hard. Because I really enjoyed it. I really love the two twists at the end. I'm going to give it five out of six. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and give it six out of six claws. And, um... I think, is there anything that would take away from the statement that this is definitely the best of the miniseries? No. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been the most consistently awesome one. It really, it's been the only one that's been great, all four issues. Um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely definitely the highlight of the hunt for Wolverine would be the adamantium agenda. I mean, Taylor writes action and humor and character and kind of excels at all three. <laughs> so he gets the trifecta of comic book writing. Um, yeah, I just, I love this, love this series. So. No, I've, I've enjoyed it. All right. Well, we're starting to get a little long, so we'll try to push through these, these last two. So we have Claws of a Killer, number four. Oh, we can push through this one real quick. Uh, written by Mariko Tamaki, penciled by Butch Geis and Matt Chater. Cheater? I don't know. He's a cheater. Um, inks by Cam Smith and Matt Chater. Colors by Jordan Burt, Jordan Boyd. 
Letters by V.C. Josebino and the cover by Cam and Coley Pogi and this time Carlos Lopez. This cover's not bad. It has Sabretooth, Dawkins, and Deathstrike and a being blown up with their skeletons and then a mushroom cloud behind them. Um, it was fine. What do you think of the cover? I think it's how the book should have just began and ended. <laughs> okay. So remember this series overall, Lady Deathstrike had a adamantium detection device or whatever. And so thought she found an adamantium sniffer. Yeah. An adamantium, a snicker sniffer. And, um, <laughs> She thought she found Wolverines. They go to this town and they find zombies instead. Um, but then they they find people that they knew that were dead that aren't dead anymore, maybe. And so that takes them out of their A game. Um, essentially, uh, Lady Deathstrike gets her hand cut off. By her dad. Yeah, by her maybe dad. Uh, Sabretooth kills his maybe son. Maybe. Again. Sabretooth maybe kills his maybe son. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Dawkins gets captured. Uh, Sabretooth but decides, they assume Dawkins dead. Yeah, because Sabretooth decides to blow up the green light. Uh, he shoves it with a metal bar, and um, it, there's this there's this page that looks like uh, how Jordan exploded out of the building. It looks like a Green Lantern bomb. It's actually probably the best page of the book. Um, like helicopters flying over the building. Um, yeah, so Dawkins is, is captured by Sotiera. They're going to try to experiment on him. And then Sabretooth and Deathstrike get away. Uh, Sabretooth jokes about they're going to go to the Reavers to get Deathstrike a new hand. Um, you know, the thing that I, I really didn't like about this is they introduce this idea that maybe like Deathstrike's dad and Sabretooth's son are alive and part of the, like, this army. Right. Which kind of was reminiscent of the Orphans of X, right? Right. Like people that were hurt. Yeah. By these guys, and, and they join this army. But then you don't find out anything about him, and nothing happens. So, like, there's no answer, like, well, was it really her dad? Was it a clone? Was it a shape? You know, like, there's, you have no idea. No. And they act like it doesn't matter. So, when you read it, you feel like it doesn't matter. Well, and, and all they say when they find Dawkins is, and when they, they're fighting, um, when Deathstrike is fighting her dad. Her dad just says, you'll make a great specimen. Yeah. And that's it. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. No, there's there's not much going on. This book feels like nothing. Um, so I did not care for the art. No. And as much as I love Tamaki and pretty much everything else she's ever written, I did not care for this comic or this series. No. This one's a flusher. Yeah, no, it's completely skippable. Um, and I also can't figure out how it ties in at all to current Weapon X continuity. And I I know I'm not supposed to worry about that as much, but I can't help it. I'm reading them at the same time. <laughs> They're coming out at the same time. There should be some connective tissue, and there's none. Um, at least not yet. So The only connective tissue is that it's the same name of the company, right? To Weapon X? No, it's just the same characters. No, I'm, not, I'm sorry, not to Weapon X. But to the other books we've read. Oh, yeah, yeah. We do have the Sotiera Company. Yeah. Uh, is running these experiments. And so, anyway, they don't find Wolverine. Mm, they don't find Deathstrike's hand. Nope. Um, I'm going to give Claws of a Killer number four one out of six claws. I, too, am going to give it one out of six. Yep. 
Now, I would say there's no reason to read this book at all unless you just really, really love there's these characters that much. There's not even a decent much. amount of but, zombies yeah. in it. Yeah, but even if you really love these characters or zombies, I don't think you can get enough of any of that to really make it worthwhile either. No. Like, I can't say, oh, I love Sabretooth, so at least I got that, because, I mean, he really isn't... I mean, nothing really happens. I guess that's the... I don't know. There's a lot of... Why? Right. No. Yeah. Run. <laughs> Boom. The okay, end. Okay, well, yeah, so that's Claws of a Killer. Whatever. Um, so, uh, Hunt for Wolverine, Mystery of Magipore, number four. Oh. The slightly controversial book, I guess. Slightly? Well... Yeah. Is it controversial for other reasons other than my own pet peeves? Yes. Well, well, let's maybe not spend as much time on that this time. Okay, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I think it's a valid point, but if you want to hear it, listen to the last few episodes. Can um, I go on a 30-minute tirade? <laughs> no, we're running too long. <laughs> um, all right, written by Jim Zub, art by Tommy, sorry, Tony Silas with Leonard Kirk. That was That got my interest perked. Um, colors by Felipe Sobriero and Andrew Crossley. Letters by VCs Joseph Bino. The cover also by Cam and Coley Pogi, and this time Maury Hollowell. And on the cover, we have Psylocke about to psychic knife um, sapphire sticks in her boobs. Mm-hmm. But she's about to eat that that telepathic dagger. <laughs> yeah, you do whatever you want with this cover. Um, <laughs> the color works interesting, I guess. That's um, about the only thing interesting. So remember, this book is basically if you had like Charlie's Angel X Men with terrible art and not much of a story. Yeah. <laughs> So we start off with Leonard Kirk art, though, which is definitely a step up. Did you enjoy the Leonard Kirk art? Remember we had him on All New Wolverine? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, he was fine. So we have Psylocke, like, lost in... Naked. Mental lost. land. Well, yeah, I mean, she's it's her astral form. There's no need for clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sees all the different versions of herself in this weird, like, alien-esque mirror. And so... She basically explodes herself out of Sapphire Sticks' body. Oh, but first she finds a remnant of Logan's soul that Sapphire Sticks stole way back in, like, Marvel Comics Presents first story. Right. Um, and he pe- he gives it Psylocke's soul a pep talk. Oh, what if Psylocke is carrying around a piece of Wolverine's soul after this? And that's how he re-completes himself. Ugh, I like, really hope like it's she not stabs the whole him. soul thing. I'm just saying the seed could be uh, planted yeah. here. After you yeah. said it, it's like, oh man, he's yeah. got a point. So, yeah, but anyway, she uh, she busts out of uh, Sapphire Sticks, blows up like the guy at the end of Big Trouble in Little China. Um, Wee! Um, and she's in, she is like a butterfly busting out of the cocoon in a new white body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So she gets uh, D minoritized. <laughs> um, so just white Betsy British Betsy Braddock with purple hair. Um, and then they continue to fight. Uh, Magneto has a really cool anime pose. It's probably the only panel I really enjoy in the book. Um, where he's <laughs> breathing really hard. Um, anyway, our heroes fight some more. They all get away. Storm gets to do some stuff. Magneto's going to kill everybody, but then he decides not to. Our X-Men go back to the bar. And they they learn about Sotiera. And then Jubilee and Psylocke, which actually, if you've been if you're following along my flashback episodes, after Jubilee rec- re- rescues is the word Wolverine from the Reavers, and then they find Psylocke's body that had just turned Japanese, coming out of the Siege of Perilous. And this is kind of reminiscent. This appropriate that is. Jubilee and Psylocke kind of alone because they're alone with Wolverine at that time as well. So both body transition, she's with Jubilee. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's an interesting little callback. But then we find out that Quanon, or Quanon, the body that Psylocke was put into originally, is also alive again and has her psychic power, her telekinetic blade, um, and is back in the Japanese underworld making some trouble. So that's an unresolved string. So obviously there's whoa. <laughs> that was a cool ass bobcat. bobcat or lynx jumping around on the TV. Um some cat food commercial and there's like a lynx that like jumps at you like anyway. A lot prettier than the ugly <laughs> bobcats that tried to not get eaten by Max um, in our neighborhood. But anyway, our sewer bobcats that we, <laughs> we had. I haven't seen them in a while. I wonder if the animal control got them. You know, there have been animal control trucks yeah. like driving around. Yeah. Hopefully they took them to a forest where they can live their lives happily. And well, I hope they got the kittens too. Yeah, hopefully. Because one of them had like three or four kittens. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, so this story, um, I liked, well, so how do we feel, or do you even care <laughs> about, because it's weird, it's weird, the Psylocke, the whole Psylocke thing is weird, because at the time when she was turned Asian, Ninja and martial arts stuff was like super trendy, and it kind of felt like a little bit of a grab. But then Jim Lee, the artist who came up with it, is Asian, so I was like, okay, well, that's cool. Um, and plus, she just ended up being so awesome that you kind of just forgot about it. Um, but now you're you're restoring her to her original character, which is fine. But you're also Taking away part of who one she piece is. of representation from the X Men team, right? Um, but I, but I don't know. I don't. I think you know, I think what is more important than anything in this conversation is the fact that in a few weeks someone's going to read Uncanny X Men and go, "Wait, Psylocke's white again? When did that happen?" And they're going to find out. And they're going to be, "Oh, it happened in that book that Snick Cast told me not to read." 
<laughs> and then they're going to blame us. Right. And about why they do why they do such a big moment in such a stupid little book. <laughs> That's the big issue. So I don't know. I don't I don't really feel like ha- maybe I'll I'll save this conversation for another time. But I do like her new costume. That's kind of cool. It reminds me of uh, all the all new X-Men costumes. But um Yeah, anyway, what you, any thoughts? No. <laughs> I'm going to sit over here with my mouth shut about this book. Yeah. So, uh, um, Kirk's art was good. We've said many times we don't care for Silas's art. Um, and still don't really. Um, so as far as the story, I mean, there's a couple of interesting things. I mean, the sidewalk thing is interesting, and the potential of of Quanin running around doing some more stuff is interesting. But I don't know. There's not much here to go on. What do you want to give Mystery of Magipore number four? Zero out of six claws. Wow. Okay. Um, I think that's what I've given every single <laughs> one. Sheesh. I'm going to do, uh, I'm between a one and a two. One, one, one. Yeah, I'll go one. <laughs> it can, it can float around the bottom of the barrel with a, a claws of a killer. So Mystery Imaginapore was not our favorite. You know, a different artist could have made this better because I think the idea, like... Like the elevator pitch of this comic is good, right? Right. Like, let's get Kitty and, like, literally, like, in Charlie's Angels of X-Men. Have them go to Magipore, do some Girls' high, night out. Yeah. Have girls' night out, high adventure, kind of spy game stuff. Like on X-23 paper, did it and did it well. Yeah. On paper, that all sounds great. And then on the paper of the comic, it's all terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so... So, um, you know, do yourself a favor. Check out Jim Zub on some other books. Um, his last volume of Uncanny Avengers was awesome. His Champions has been pretty great. Uh, maybe give this one a pass. Like a big pass. All you need to know is Sidewalk's white again. Yep. That's, that's four issues wrapped up in one sentence. That's sad. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that is our... Oh, we never did our... Shh. We're hunting Wolverines. We Oops. forgot. Oops. So we'll close with that. And then I'll do a couple issues of Old Man Logan and then we're out of here. No. Well, you're I'm out of here, here. Yeah, she's done. Um, so I have Old Man Logan number 45 and 46. Uh, 45 is um, The Conclusion of Bullseye Returns. Written by Ed Brisson. Art by Juan Ferreira. Colors or sorry, letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And a cover by Mike Diodato and Carlos Lopez. I love this cover a lot. Um, it's an homage to an old Daredevil cover where Bulls. I'm sorry, where Electra stabs Bullseye with. Uh, no, I'm all over the place. Where Electra stabs Daredevil with her size. Um, anything he's dead, and it's kind of the same pose, but Bullseye stabbing Old Man Logan. But I really, really like the the blues of kind of the um, concentric circles 
around Old Man Logan's body. It gives us a really nice psychedelic feel. You go do whatever you want to do. Want to say that on mic? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a really nice cover. Um, I recommend looking it up. It was my avatar for a little bit on Twitter. Um, so we see that Bullseye is getting away. He's wrecking havoc. He's stole a police car. And our heroes are running after him. Um, there's some cool bullseye antics. He throws some steak knives out of the side of the police car while he's driving with his foot. Um, you know, causes some cars to flip over. Some really cool action scenes. Freya's art's growing on me a little bit. And really, really helps. See, seeing his black and white stuff is pretty cool. It gets really dark here, though, because Glob turns out that he's at the school looking for this guy's kid. Because he was going, uh, Old Man Logan and Vendetta were going to save Shotgun's kid. Um, but it turns out the bullseye already killed him. A pretty, pretty dark little moment there. Um, when they come down to this, like, basically abandoned industrial complex, and Bullseye's left a little note. Um, it's not paranoid. If they are really after you, which reminded me of that uh, Nirvana song. Um, but anyway, Old Man Logan realizes that Bullseye's just playing a game. He starts shooting some stuff. They start shooting some stuff. Um, Old Man Logan finds him. He takes him size to the chest. It's a really cool panel, which I'm sure has been done before. But Vendetta pulls a gun and points it at Bullseye's forehead right on the Bullseye mark. But, um... Old Man Logan's mad, and he pops three claws right in front of Bullseye's face and says, why'd you kill the kid? He's like, well, why not? Um, So, yeah. So that makes Old Man Logan pretty mad, but then Bullseye gets away by kicking him in the face. He escapes, maybe. Um... Shoots Old Man Logan full of holes until the gun runs out and he just keeps pulling the trigger. Quick, 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 quick. Um, jumps out the window and seems to break his neck. It's kind of where he started the, you know, several stories ago. Because he was paralyzed for a while. Um, so I guess he's paralyzed again. Uh, Vendetta and Logan get away. Shotgun stays there to wait for the police. Um... There's this detective who lets Logan out of the hospital bed. He's handcuffed, but she's like, I don't know what happened. And he gets away, and Glob Herman is his getaway driver. Um, story's pretty dark, pretty gruesome, but it's interesting. Um, and like I said, the art kind of grew on me. Um, I don't know. Between a three and a four. Um... Ah, uh, Bullseye was fun. I'll give it four out of six claws. All right, number 46. Uh, Old Man Logan is um, Northern Flight, part one, written by Ed Brisson. Art by Damien Cusiero, maybe? Uh, colors by Carlos Lopez. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And Old Man Logan alum, Andrea Sorrentino. 
doing the cover. This is an awesome cover. I thought I would even say potential cover of the year. Yeah, it's cool. It's all red and black, and then a white shadowed Wolver Old Man Logan figure walking out of some kind of red smoke, and then kind of reflecting in some kind of pool below him in a red pool. It's really cool, with white specks of like ash or snow or something. Oh, put you possibly in the cloud, yeah, or in the smoke. Yeah. And it's a really, it's a really rad cover. I mean, I mean, it's Sorrentino. What do you, what do you expect? But um, yeah, pretty great. So in this story, we see a meteor lands in Canada in the water, and a little purple alien crawls out. It's kind of like, like a cross between venom and poison ivy. And it, it looks gets, like a fish. Well, it's attached to the fish. Oh. And then the fish spits and grabs a German Shepherd, and the German Shepherd gets taken over. Then Old Man Logan shows up to a gas station that apparently also has a garage. He's like, hey, can I leave my bike here, and I'll come back. Y'all fix it. I'll come back later and get it. He's like, well, the mechanic's not here. He says, well, what if I paid this much in cash? He's like, all right. (laughs) So he leaves his motorcycle, goes outside. Alpha Flight comes to pick him up. And they're going on a trip to do something. Going on a bear hunt. Yeah, I guess. So he's glad to see his old friends, who are kind of his old friends, I guess. Um, oh, because he came to talk to Shaman to get a second opinion. And Shaman's like, no, you're you're really dying. <laughs> you're, you've gotten old enough that your body can no longer hold the adamantium at bay. And it's poisoning you. We've heard that before, right? Um, and then the Regenix that he shoved himself with to increase his powers and healing factor worked. But the side effect is they also speed up the degradation when it wears off. So he's declining in a rapid decline. He's dying. And old man Logan's like, yeah, but you have magic stuff. So we can do something unconventional, right? And Shame is like, no. <laughs> so then they get the call about the purple alien gunk and they track it around uh, old man Logan and Puck have a conversation you know, about mortality and he's like please don't tell anybody else let this stay in this group um, they track the the center of the thing to a church and it's collecting bodies but then they find a lone holdout gas station that discovered that uh, weed killer slows the stuff down. So it is kind of like an alien plant or whatever. Um, so buy some weed and feed. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, they just used all they had left. And they pissed Someone it off. Someone needs, needs a Home Depot run. Yeah. So in the best scene of the book, Snowbird gets captured, but she turns into a thousand little butterflies and then re-coalesces as a polar bear that's a pretty rad panel of her grabbing Shaman. And then the panel of her <laughs> jumping in the door where she's slowly turning back into Snowbird, but she looks like just a girl in a bear suit <laughs> because her head is human. And like half of her arm and the rest of her is still polar bear. It's pretty funny. But it's a great panel. Um, but yeah. And then Mac has gone off. He was off doing his research. And he's like, oh, I think I figured it out. Oh, yeah, you guys did too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad. Um, well, the art was okay, not great. 
And I like kind of the conversation, but the story's kind of dumb. Um, I give Old Man Logan 46, just a kind of middle of the road, three out of six claws. So that's going to do it for this episode. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. Um, next up for us will be uh, Dead Having Ends. Having a baby. Well, that, yeah. But also uh, uh, Hunt for Wolverine Dead Ends. And then we'll also have a new issue of X-23 to talk about. Yes. But keep in mind, if we're not on time, we had a baby. Yeah, it could be any any time now, really. Yeah. We're so. on, technically on baby watch. Yeah, we are. So, there you go. Well, anyway, thanks you, Denise, for uh, hanging out and... Not going into labor. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, as always uh, for the podcast that goes snicked, please like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snickcast. Show notes and stuff for snickcast.podbean.com. And until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And, and snacked. snacked.